podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of the Disnomics Podcast. Previously, I was with my boy Elijah from Touchline Frackers, as well as Mugga, also known as Making That a Great Again podcast. Uh, podcast. Um, he's also a freelance football writer, so check him out on 442, United Report, so on and so forth. And we spoke on what was happening with regards to Manchester City, who are a Premier League football club, one of the most successful ones in recent history. They've won four of the last six titles, I believe, and their issue with financial fair play. So yeah, it's pretty much bordering on financial crime. So you might want to check out that podcast. Even if you aren't into football, it's pretty interesting in terms of like how creative they were in kind of like circumventing the rules. So make sure you check that episode out. Do you know what I'm saying? That was last week's one. Now this week, unfortunately, if you're not really into football, I'm sorry, it's going to be another kind of football-based topic, but it is finance. And I do believe this is quite interesting. We're going to be talking about Manchester United Football Club, the biggest football club in the country, arguably the biggest football club in the world, definitely within the top three, a massive billion dollar corporation. And their owners are looking to sell up. Yep. Who is going to be the next owner of Manchester United Football Club. That is what we're going to discuss on today's podcast. We're going to go into detail with two rivaling parties, uh, one from Qatar and one from actually Greater Manchester. And yeah, who's going to be the next owners of Manchester United and who should be the next owners of Manchester United? That's coming up. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. It's lit. It's lit. So we have the Battle of Manchester. Which billionaire is going to be the next owner of the great Manchester United Football Club. So let's start off from the top, right? Who are we talk about? We are talking about Manchester United Football Club. They are arguably the biggest football club in the world, definitely the biggest football club in the country. They've been very successful. They've won, if you look at the Barclays Premier League, which started in the early 90s, they've won 13 titles. Um, in terms of total league titles, I believe they are tw- they've won 20. So that's the most in the UK so far. Most English, I say so far. So the most successful club in English football history. Now, they were controversially bought around 17 years ago, back in 2005, by the Glazer family. Well, Malcolm Glazer to be exact. They purchased Manchester United for £790 million, which was, which was a lot of money, relatively speaking, back then. Right? Why this was controversial is because they didn't just, you know what I mean, take money out of their out of their Chase account and just grab Manchester United. No, they borrowed they borrowed the money. They acquired Manchester United via an LBO, which is a lever- leverage buyout, right? Which means that they borrowed money to purchase Man United and the collateral, which is what you put up in case you can't make your payments, was Manchester United, right? So Manchester United was saddled with the debt of that purchase of Manchester United rather than the Glazer family themselves. And the Glazer family ironically also own a American football club called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I think two times Super Bowl champs. They won one um, two years ago with Tom Brady. So yeah. So they only put up a good, what, £150 million of the money. 
the rest they borrowed. When they actually purchased Manchester United, they were a pretty much debt-free club who were making so much money because Manchester United were ahead of their time in terms of commercialising football, right? And really, Sky owe a lot of their success off the backs of Manchester United. Ever since then, United have been paying back interest payments on that debt. It's been around £1.5 billion when you factor in the dividends paid out as well. And the debt is still over £500 million. I believe the Glazers took £11 million of dividends last year. United fans were fuming about it. So, yeah. So why? why? So what's happened since? Well, they were still successful from 2005. I, I believe they won three titles in a row. I said, I believe, like, I don't know. I'm a United fan. They won three titles in a row. They won the Champions League. And then I think they won another two titles again after in 2011 and 2013. And ever since um, Sir Alex Ferguson left in 2013, United have not won a Premier League title. They have not won the Champions League. They've missed the Champions League on numerous occasions, which is like the premier European Cup competition. And qualifying for that means obviously you compete in the best tournament in Europe, but also you earn a lot of money being in that tournament. Um, since 2013, United have won, I think, one League Cup, uh, one European League under Jose Mourinho, and they won the FA Cup under Louis van Gaal in 2015 and the titles under Jose Mourinho in 2016. So since 2016, which has gone on seven years, United haven't won anything. United have spent a lot of money on players, but... There's been poor, there's been mismanagement of resources. The stadium, which I've been to for not for a while now, is not a good nick. You would expect that this is the stadium of one of the top three biggest football clubs in the world. The training ground isn't a good nick. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo had a controversial interview not too long ago, speaking about how like I feel like the jacuzzi was a say one from when he left in 2009. And how like the the menu for the food hasn't changed. Like this is terrible for a billion pound corporation um the decisions made on in terms of football in terms of transfer strategy managers youth has not been good so they've not been good owners by any stretch of the imagination and the fans have been trying to hound them out religiously and i think after the super league failed which was probably the, the glazers last chance of seeing Manchester united be a super profitable organization i think they believe it's time to sell and they are going to make if they do sell which is very likely that they will, they're going to make a hefty profit. Now, there's really two main buyers, right? Well, there could be three. Two of the Glazer sons, I forget their names, so I don't really care. I don't think they're going to win anyway. Um, are trying to see if they can get investment together because they've got an emotional attachment to the club to try and buy the club, but they're going to get blown out of the water by everybody else, so it's a waste of time. So we're going to talk about Jim Ratcliffe and as well as Shake. Jassim, who are the two main competitors as it stands now for Manchester United. So we're going to start off with Jim Ratcliffe. Sir James Arthur Ratcliffe is a British billionaire. He's about 70 years old. He's also a chemical engineer and a businessman. He's a chairman and CEO of Enos, or I-N-E-O-S Chemical Group, which was founded in 1998. He owns about two-thirds of that company, so... Imagine, like, he's done fantastically well for himself. And their turnover, if you look at 2021, they turned over $65 billion. So this is a massive corporation. He's done amazingly for himself. Um, he was the richest person in Britain in 2018. 
Um, his wealth is, if you look at Bloomberg Index, his wealth is kind of like severely declined. And obviously, a lot of that is due to stock prices, so on and so forth. Um, so if you look at 2020, so this is just as the pandemic is hitting, he had an estimated net worth of $28.2 billion, which is around £20 billion. He was seen as the second richest man in the UK and the 55th richest man in the world, which is super impressive. Um, but if you look at now, according to Bloomberg's Billionaire Index, his wealth is around £13.6 billion, pounds, well, his estimated net worth, should I say, which is around £11.3 billion, pounds, so it's almost halved. He changed his tax residence from Hampshire to Monaco in 2020, which saved him a nice £4 billion in tax. Can't blame him, it was a no-brainer, but some people might not like that. Me, I don't care. Do what's best for you. He was born in Fellsworth, Greater Manchester, so he's and he grew up a Manchester United fan, so he's like a local fan. He has been pretty big in sports across his life. So if you look at 2017, so six years ago, in November 2017, he became the owner of FC Lausanne Sport, a Swiss Super League football club. In in 2018, I believe, um, I, I wrote 2012, which is definitely wrong. Um, he partnered with Ben Ainsil from Enos Team Enos Team UK to compete in the America's Cup in 2021. The America's Cup is yacht racing, and that cost him a cool 110 million pounds. Two years later, 2019, he purchased Team Sky, which is a cycling franchise. Right? Obviously, they rebranded to Team Enos, and they actually won the Tour de France in 2019. So that's some fantastic success. 2019 now, he um, took over OGC Nice, a Ligue 1 football club. So that's a football club in the French in, in the French first division, the biggest league in France, where, which was where PSG play, which is quite ironic, um, for 100 million euros in 2019. Now, they have not been the most successful and their fans aren't happy. They've sat like four out of five managers in that time period. Like if you like if you go on Twitter and research, like Nice fans do not rate these manners owners. February 2022, we had the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, which led to Roman Abramovich's assets being frozen under public pressure, and eventually he was forced to sell Chelsea, which is kind of matter you think about it now. Um so Jim Ratcliffe from Enos had confirmed they submitted a bid, but they lost out in the end to Todd Bowley. Fast forward a year later, which I believe which I believe is like a dream come true. February 2023, Sir Jim Ratcliffe firm Enos has confirmed that they submitted a bid for Manchester United, which of course is his boyhood club. And this is like one of the biggest assets in the world of sports. They submitted a bid for the majority ownership of MUFC, Manchester United Football Club. Now I'm going to read to you some of the words in their statement. We will see our role as a long-term custodians of Manchester United on behalf of the fans and the wider community. We are ambitious and highly competitive. I will want to invest in Manchester United to make them the number one club in the world once again. We also recognise that football governance in this country is at a crossroads. We want to help lead the next chapter, deepening the culture of English football by making a football club, making, making the club a beacon of the, for modern, progressive, fan-centred approach to ownership. So this is very interesting. Progressive is a very key word because of like the human rights accusations with Qatar, who are the rival bidders. And he also said fan-centered approach to ownership to kind of get the fans on side. 
We want Manchester United anchored in its proud history and roots in the northwest of England, putting Manchester back, putting the Manchester back in Manchester United, and clearly focusing on winning the Champions League. So this is kind of a ploy to kind of separate themselves. Like, listen, we're British. We are from Manchester. We're gonna understand the fans better than these foreign owners. We want to make the club great again. We want to put you at the centre. So trying to really, really target the Manchester United core fan base, which is obviously in and around Manchester. Enos Bid is targeted at the 69% owned by the Glazers. So if you look at Manchester United Football Club, 69% is owned by Glazers and 31% is traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Obviously, if you purchase the Glazers stock, which is 69%, you have majority control. The Glazer family retains Class B shares, which is different from the Class A shares on the New York Stock Exchange. The Class B shares are worth more than 10 times their voting rights. So obviously, if you own the Class B shares, if you own the Glazer 69%, you are the, the primary decision maker of with regards to what happens with Manchester United Football Club. We don't know the exact numbers of the bid. And obviously, this is partially because you don't want to tip your hand. And also partially because... Like if you proceed to the next round, you will you will then have the ability to do a further dig and deep dive into the financials of Manchester Football Club, and then you can more adequately and accurately determine the value of that and make that bid. Jim Rack, Sir Jim Ratcliffe knows they don't have the funds the Qataris have. That's why they're on this local businessman, Manchester, put the Manchester back in Manchester. We submitted a British bid, which I found so interesting when I saw Sky report that because I'm like, swear down bits have passports. Give the monkeys. Are you going to be the best person for the, for the club in terms of financial and in terms of the running of the club? That's what I personally believe. Enos have made no formal statement about debt, and that's in terms of the debt held by Manchester United Football Club. And they've made no formal statement on if they're going to um, borrow against Manchester United for this bid. However, privately, behind the scenes, they are reassured that there will be no fresh debts landed on the club's balance sheet. This means they won't borrow money to acquire United and place it on United's balance sheet. The money that they borrow will be borne by Enos. They have, also, they have not said that they'll wipe out the current level of debt. So this is the crux of the Sir Jim Radcliffe bid people. Under his company Enos, um, they want to be very fan-centred, progressive. They want to make United great again. They are not going to put debt on the club's balance sheet, but there's no indication of them wiping out the current level of debt. Now we go to the Middle East, Qatar. Sheikh Jassim, he's the current chairman of QIB, Qatar, Qatar Islamic Bank. They also sustained the bid. Now, there's been no official release on this bid, but according to people in France, the bid is said to be around 4.5 billion euros, which is about $4.8 billion, or also known as 4.0 billion pounds. This will be a world record bid for a sports franchise, by the way. I remember the Glazers bought the club for just under 800 million. So go from 800 million to 4 billion. That's a serious, serious profit. So Qatar announced their bid um, on Friday night, which was like the unofficial deadline imposed by Rain, which is a investment bank and the Glazers. Who, so the investment bank is helping United pattern up the sale. So they announced their bid on Friday night and they spelled out their vision for the club. 
they want to so shake so shake jasim has created this 92 foundation and the 92 foundation is is um predicated on the 90 class of 1992 and class of 1992 is a group of young talented Manchester United football players such as Nicky Butt the Neville brothers Ryan Giggs Paul Scholes David Beckham that went on to be the core of United's title winning teams for many years so which is quite another quite strategic name um placed by Sheikh Jassim so under his foundation he wants to rid the club of all debt listen we're going to buy the club and also he wants to buy 100% of the club. So not just the 69% from the Glazers, he wants to also take out all the stocks owned on the New York Stock Exchange, right? They have the money, right? So the club's current net debt level is around 656 million pounds. The club also owns a further 200 million pounds in transfer fees. So when you purchase a player, you don't, you don't always pay straight cash up front. You might say, listen, I'm gonna pay you over a period of 48 months, for example. So the money, so the total money outstanding for the transfer deals is 200 million. The, of course, the net debt level is 656 million. So almost, so not far off a billion pounds worth of debt. And they are willing to take this all out as well as pay 4 billion for the company, as well as redevelop the stadium and the training grounds. So, Sheikh Jassim insists all profit under his ownership will be reinvested into the community through the newly formed 90 Foundation. He is ready to pay a world record fee, and the current world record it was $4.6 billion, which is £3.7 billion from August last year. And the people who own Walmart, they bought the Denver Bronco football team, which is quarterbacked by Russell Wilson, so who's the husband of Ciara. So for some people who are not into American football, you might. I've heard of those names. You've definitely heard of Walmart, their own Asda. You've probably heard of Russell Wilson and Ciara. Sheikh Jassim became United fan in 1992. He was age 10 and is said to want to invest in both the men's and the women's football team. He wants to redevelop the stadium, which is trash, by the way. Redevelop Carrington in the training ground, which is trash, by the way, and the area around Old Trafford. He's the son of former Prime Minister of Qatar and he was educated in Sandhurst, UK. So he has, been, he has lived in the UK and he grew up a fan of football and a fan of United. He was also on the board of Swiss investment bank Credit Suisse. So this is a very successful businessman, somebody of high reputation and a lot of money. So this is from Sky, Kavev, um, Sky Sports Kavev, who I think is a bit of a prat, but whatever. His vision for the club, I'm being told, is an emphasis on youth and also putting money and investment into both men's team and the women's team. He wants to redevelop Old Trafford. There will be a new stadium, a re redevelopment plan of the whole area around Old Trafford. And crucially, and this is very important for Manchester United fans, this deal, if he buys the club, will be totally debt-free. So, I'm sure you can tell by my tone what I think is the best thing. And my listeners might know I'm a United fan. And even if I wasn't a United fan, this is just common sense. One owner has more... The Qatar um, Sheikh Jassim has more money than Enos and Sir Jim Ratcliffe. He wants to take over a full 100% of the club. Enos will take control of 69%. They will make the club debt-free. Enos will not. They will also redevelop, they've also committed to redeveloping the local area, which um, Enos kind of hinted at, but they've hardline said they've got to redevelop the stadium and the training ground. Enos have not. It's a no-brainer. 
So, what's next? Well, there's current questions about the conflict of interest with both parties. Enos, of course, I told you, already owned OGC Nice, which is a football club in France. So UEFA are like, can you own two football clubs? What's that about? And of course, um, because people hear Qatar, they just assume that this is gonna, this is a, the state of Qatar to own another football club. Whereas this is different. The people who own PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, who are in the same league as Ratcliffe's OG, OGC Nice, they're owned by Qatari Sports Investments, QSI. This is very different. This is, this is a private deal. Now, in terms of time frame, we, we should expect to see this sorted before June, May, as um, the Glazers want this deal, this whole ordeal to be patterned before the summer transfer window, which opens, I believe, is it the 1st of June or the 1st of July? One of those dates. Uh, next, we need to see if there's any other bidders coming out publicly, which is going to be unlikely. There's rumours of Apple, rumours of Elon Musk. Mm, I think that's a bit Capiana. And then what's next is the Rain Investment Bank Group and the Glazers consider if these bids are enough to be granted access to further due diligence, which they will. And then, yeah, it's like kind of like a PR race, but really and truly, the Qatari should win in terms of money and I, I hope they do. But yeah, that's the latest with what's going on in terms of the world of football and finance. Um, make sure you check out last week's pod regarding... Um, Manchester City the other side of Manchester and yeah until next week peace and blessings Sports Social Podcast Network